0: Alan mentioned comments about his message. I had a comment last night about, uh, well, I've had several, but um, someone told me going out said, Preacher, uh, your lesson reminds me so much of the peace of God and the love of God boy, that's okay. And I said, well, how? He said, well, you know, the Bible says that the peace of God is beyond understanding and the love of God is enduring forever. So, <clears throat> I didn't know exactly how to take that. but uh, And you know, when I get up and say a few things like this, uh, please realize that I am joking, uh, and uh, uh, if you say something like that, I'm going to call your name and tell everyone what you said. So just, uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, I appreciate Alan and the message that he he gives to us, and If you have your your Bibles tonight, I'd like to ask you to turn with us to begin with to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8. In Matthew's Gospel, the 8th chapter... We'll begin reading in in verse one of Matthew chapter eight, <clears throat> and read a few things. Uh, and and you know, I, I had a preacher to tell me once that the way the proper way to preach is to uh, <clears throat> is to tell people what you're going to preach about, and then preach it, and then at the end, tell them what you've told them, you know, so uh, uh, this, this is kind of like uh, what we're going to do tonight. <laughs> if, if you have your Bibles and you'll follow with us to Matthew chapter 8, and if you'll bear with us for a minute, I'd like to, um, I'd like to read uh, several verses here. When Jesus was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed Him, and behold, uh, there came a leper and worshipped Him, saying, Lord, if Thou wilt, Thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth His hand and touched Him, saying, I will be Thou clean. And immediately His leprosy was healed. And Jesus said to him, Don't tell anyone, see thou tell no man, but go thy way and show thyself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony. And in verse 5, When Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came to him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick, of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said to him, I'll come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and he said to them that followed, Verily I say to you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say to you that many shall come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee, and his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. And when Jesus was come to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother, laid and sick of a fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. And when the evening was come, there were many that were brought to him, and he healed all that were sick. And it was fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. And we'll leave off reading here. <clears throat> and I'd like to uh, give to you a, a little outline here, a dispensational outline. In the first four verses you have Jesus dealing with a Jew. In the next few verses, 5 through 13, Jesus is dealing with a Gentile. And then in verses 14 through the next few verses, he's dealing with a Jew. And this is the correct order of our dispensational thinking, it's the Jew, the Gentile, and then back again to the Jew. And please, please don't ever be deceived or uh, uh, misled by the fact that, um, that either of these two are the same because in today's world, there are only three classes of people the Jew, the Gentile, and the church. And so, as you look at this, you can see that the Lord's dealing with this leper, and he touches him. And this was um, a picture of the physical appearance of the Lord Jesus with his people who rejected him eventually then you'll notice in the next few verses with this centurion, this centurion uh, was well aware of the power of the Word. There was no touch. It was just the Word. And this man is privileged, as are we, to live in this dispensation. Did you know? that in this age in which we live, we are the most privileged people ever to exist on the earth. We've, if we should, we should remember that. But at, at any rate, just and then Jesus is, is one day going to return uh, to his dealing with the Jew as he goes to Peter's wife's. Mother and touches her again, and this this will be the way uh, but all of that really don't have anything to do with what I'm going to talk to you about. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, if you don't like that, uh, I'll cast you into the outer door and say. What I want you to see is the, um, is the picture with this centurion and the importance of the place in which we live. You know, there are a lot of people who think that they are Jews. Did you know that? Sure, there are a lot of people who think that. But you know what's precious about that? The Lord says one day He's going to make them come worship at our feet. Oh, you say? Well, where is that preacher? Well, I know where it's at. You find it, okay? <laughs> but think, think with me. Think with me in regards to this. this. This centurion, a Gentile, a type or picture of the time in which we live, is speaking to the Lord Jesus and he knows the power of his word. And the Lord said that he had not found so great faith in all of Israel. But there's a word here that I want to emphasize to you and use this as the beginning of our of our lesson this evening. You'll see that um, in in verse 13 that Jesus said to the centurion, go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And he did. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. And that's the word I want you to see. It's the word Hour. Now, I know sometimes the Bible uses this word in a little different concept. You know, it's amazing to me. Did you know that theologians make a lot of things difficult? And you know why they do that? So they can keep their job. When things are actually, you know, I was studying today for the lesson later on, and uh, so Jacob's dream and their uh, bickering about was this a ladder or was it a star, a stairway, and so forth, and you know the theologians don't have enough sense to know that angels don't need either one. <laughs> And so, um, and of course, uh, I'm in the same category, but uh, think of this word, hour, just as one hour. And you'll see in the life of our Lord Jesus, and I, I would like for you to turn with me to a few of these places. If you'll turn to John's Gospel... And keep in mind that the Gospels sometimes use different terms. Mark uses the Hebrew timetable. John uses the Roman. But nonetheless, look with me in, and that has no bearing on what I'm going to say, but in John chapter 2, look with me at at this particular place. Jesus has been invited to a marriage, and his disciples go with him, and his mother's there, and the family, and so forth. And in verse 3 of John chapter 2, when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. This hour was so important to the Lord Jesus that it outweighed all physical or social needs that he was faced with. And if you'll turn on over and we'll just try to stay for a minute in John's Gospel. If you'll look in John chapter 4, he talks to this woman in verse 21. I'm not going to read these. And, uh, twenty-three, Verse 23 and verse 50, I think. and verse 53 he speaks about the hour there's an importance to this and you'll see this in a minute look with me to john chapter 7 for a second look in verse 30 of john chapter 7 I usually have got to where I try to bore people to death, turning in their Bibles, so that they'll be happy when I get to the point I'm trying to. <laughs> look with me in John chapter, but you remember what we're talking about in John chapter seven. Look down to verse thirty. They're gonna, they're gonna get Jesus. In verse 30, it says, Then they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him because his hour was not come. They couldn't. Sometimes people say to me, Well, why did Jesus wait so long about going to the cross? He had to. According to Daniel chapter 9, he had to wait till the 483 years was uh, was over. It was an appointed time, but these people couldn't touch him because of this hour. And this hour is really important. If you um, if you look over to John chapter 12. You'll see this again. If you'll look down with me to um, verse 27, John chapter 12. Jesus said, Now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. He lived all of His life with this one hour as the purpose of His coming. For this cause I came. All of his life was centered around this hour. He says this in verse twenty three of John twelve. he says, "The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Now, if you hold your hand here for just a minute, I want you to um, uh, I want you to look, you know that some people here, thought it thundered uh, if you look down John 12 verse 29 you know they thought it thundered well look look hold your hand and look back to Luke chapter 22 for a minute let me uh, call this to your attention If you look in Luke 22 and uh, verse 53, Jesus is talking to those who come to get him uh, in the garden. And in verse 53, he says, When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour. The power of darkness. You know what thunder is? It's when two opposing forces or climates meet together. And that's what thunder is. And that's what's about to happen here. The power of God's glory and the power of evil. And they clash. Well, what about this hour, you know, and you would say, uh, how important is that? It's really important. And it has to do with the kingdom of heaven. And it has to do with the way will be looked at at the end of this age. And what I've tried to do is I've tried to um, to give you a picture of this and show you how important this hour is. It was the thing for which Jesus came. And for my message tonight, I want to... I want to read to you a parable. And it it begins in Matthew 19, in verse 20, and I want you to read this with me. In Matthew 19, in the last verse, 30. In verse 30 of Matthew 19, Jesus tells His disciples something. He says, But many that are first shall be last. And then He says something definite. He says, The last shall be first. It's not many. The last will be first. You know, in the Baptist church, that's easy for folks to figure out. You know, oh, preacher, I'm not good enough for that. You know, I'll just be last. You know, you're just dodging the issues, what you're doing, you know. But, you know, there's a good expression. You know, when Nehemiah went to rebuild the walls in the city of Jericho, do you know where the enemy wanted him to go? They wanted to meet him in a little place called Oh No. You ever heard that, uh, Tracy? Ask somebody, Oh no, preacher, not me. (laughs) That's where the the enemy gets us. So then, how do we know where we are? How do we know about the first and the last. Why does Jesus say this? In this parable that we're about to read, it's for the purpose of making you like the precious Lord Jesus. Did you know that He was the first person to be born without a human father? He was also the last. He was the first person to give his own life of his own voluntary will on the cross. He was the first person to die when he didn't have to, except Adam. But he's the last. He's the first person to be raised by his own power. And he's also the last. And he says this in the Revelation, I am the first and the last. What does he mean? What's he trying to show us? And I want you to see how important this hour is. And just as an illustration, let me ask you a question. If I hired you to work 12 hours for me and told you that I would pay you $100, but what if I had people to come along a little bit later And they did the same thing, same field, same area, and I paid them $100, too. But what if I hired some people at the end of the day for just one hour, and I paid them $100, too? How would you feel? Oh, well, I, you know, I, you know. (laughs) That's not fair, preacher. Is God not fair? Is God partial? Absolutely. And if you will read with me this parable, and and I'll try to hurry now and, and try to leave this with you. In verse one of chapter twenty. The kingdom of heaven, which is what we've met for, in what we're talking about, is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And are we not, in 1 Corinthians 3, all laborers together? And it's the same word. And he, when he went out, he, uh, he agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, and he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, "'Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, I'll give you.' And they went their way, and he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did likewise." And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? And they say to him, Because no man's hired us. And he said to them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatever's right I'll pay you, or you'll receive. And when the evening was come, uh, the lord of the vineyard called the steward She said, Call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny, a hundred dollars. That's, you know, my translation. And when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it they murmured against the good man of the house, and they said, These last have wrought but one hour, and wouldn't you feel the same way? You bet I would. I ain't working all day for a you know Well why why did the Lord tell this parable? And then uh those Uh, that had worked only one hour, made themselves equal to us, and we've borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of these and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Did thou not agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is and go thy way, and I'll give unto this last, even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine? And in verse 16, he says, So the last shall be first and the first last, for many are called, but few are chosen. Do you know who's going to come back with the Lord Jesus in the Revelation 17? The called, the chosen, and the faithful. Okay, explain this to us, preacher. That's what I'm about to do. Why would these people who only work for this one hour be more valuable than the people who had worked all day? First of all, Let me tell you something. You ever been in a church and people say, I've been a member of this church for 50 years. Well, what have you done? (laughs) Sit there? Well, anyway. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Seniority don't mean a thing to the Lord. Do you know why Jesus told this parable? He wanted these people to see what it means to be like Him. He's the first and the last. He wanted them to see this. Well... Before I, I go on, and and I want you to um, I want you to look that in verse three of this parable he mentions the third hour, and if you look down to verse five he mentions the sixth and the ninth hour, and don't you know that there was a reason for this? And if you'll turn over with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 15 for a minute, you might see some significance to this. Mark chapter 15. If you look in Mark 15 and you read quickly verse 25, It was the third hour when they crucified him. And if you'll uh, skip down to verse 33, you'll see when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole earth till the ninth hour. The same hours. Do you know what Jesus is teaching us? There's something beyond the cross. But this is significant. But then, preacher, you hadn't, you hadn't explained this too well. How about these one hour people? Do you remember what I told you about Jesus when he considered this hour the most important and the only thing that was prevalent in his mind in all of his life? Is that what's true with us? Let me give you some suggestions here. If you, um, if you look in this sixth verse, you'll see that this householder asked these people at the 11th hour, why do you stand here all day idle? Do you know what that means? It means he knew they were there. And why would they stay there? Here's the point. These people remained in the place of availability till the Master called. You see we have we have a lot of things that are going on but you know what the word of god does it divides asunder in hebrews 4 the difference between the joint and the marrow do you know what the joint is It's that which moves. That's activity. You know what the marrow is? It produces. And that's the difference. There's a lot of activity, but there ain't much production. These people remain there. Do you know... What this took, they were overlooked. They wasn't in the majority. Yet they remained in the place of availability, even when others seemingly were chosen before. None of us like that you want to know who the best preacher is here in this conference it's me but uh... <laughs> do you see how we think <laughs> that's that's thunder) <laughs> These people, these people realized what it was like to be overlooked, to be left out of the picture, and yet to remain faithful to the call of the Lord. That's why they're the most valuable. Are we? And then at the end of the day, there's a payday. And my friends, for each one of us, at the end of the day, there's going to be a payday. How valuable will you be? what will be your place in this coming kingdom that we're so fond of and that we try to learn about? Will you be one of the big names? Will you be one of the most prominent? Or will you simply have remained in the place which our Lord Jesus remained in. He was rejected. He was overlooked. And this parable is to teach us how to be like Jesus Christ. Let me show you a strange scripture. I won't turn there. I'll just tell you about it. In the book of Colossians... The Bible says that the Lord Jesus was on the cross and that he made an open show of the powers and principalities uh, that were before him. Now, logically, if you think about that, here is our Lord on the cross. He's battered and beaten and bleeding spat upon, crown of thorns over his head, ridiculed, mocked, made fun of. How in the world could he say that the Lord Jesus made an open show of them and triumphed over them? Do you know how? He didn't come down. He could but he didn't. That's what these people did. They remained in the will of God till the Master called. Doing the will of God is not doing what you physically could do in order to To remain where God wants you to be. There's a payday someday. And in my soul, I think, Oh God, please help me to be what you want me to be. wretched man that I am I want you to receive a full reward and if I didn't I wouldn't be here tonight I want you to have the best payday possible do the will of God trust him Remain in the place of availability even though overlooked, rejected, even though you have opportunities. Stay in the will of God. Amen. The world passes away, but he that doeth the will of God liveth and abideth forever. Remember Romans, Paul tells us the wages of sin is death. But folks, you have to earn wages. He don't mean what people tell you that means. But the gift of God is life for that age to come. Thank you for putting up with me and listening to me tonight. If you will, bow with us. Holy Father, we, uh, we know we have not always lived in our earlier life with this hour in mind. Please forgive us. Help us to look forward to that day when there will be a payday. And I pray for each of our friends that are here this evening that they would see the importance of being like our Lord Jesus Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us. Lord, I do so want to rule and reign with you, but I long for in my heart, if we could just hear the words, Well done, good and faithful servant. Help me to be. All I should be. Bless bless this meeting and my friends. And we'll thank you for all you do in Jesus' name.